When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn 1049 AM 1260 and hornfm.com with the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. You think we've gotten too radical with our message? Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Go to go Put them together for Friday on B&E, into your weekend, recapping all things NFL Draft Round 1. Now looking forward to rounds 2 and 3 tonight, 4 through 7 on Saturday up in Kansas City. Get all the headlines again coming up. Also, Buck, rest in peace to the great Jerry Springer. Are you getting a fight on stage or something? He passed away. Yesterday. No, he passed away, yes. Jerry Springer. Uh, no longer. One time the mayor of Cincinnati. And then went on to be known much, much more as the Jerry Springer and the Jerry Springer Show. A lot of quality television there, my friend. Didn't your mom used to watch my mom Jerry, loved Sp- Jerry Springer? And I was like, good Lord, Mom, please. <laughs> I'd come in and that thing would be on. I'm like, you're not really, you're not really watching this, are you? She said, I'm intrigued by all this. I'm like, really? Well, to his, wow. To his death, Jerry Springer swore that none of the fights on his show were staged. They were real-life fights. Well, yeah, when you get people all jacked up before they go on, <laughs> all juiced up in the back in the green room. Well, they had the green room going, have some cocktails, you know, then go start slugging people, throwing chairs. Now, the, we always say so, throwing chairs. Remember, this Geraldo Rivera had the, th- the chair thrown. Remember when he got hit in the nose with it? Oh, yeah. Like right in his face. Bam. Ty, you're too young to remember these great TV shows that were on. Jerry Springer, Maury no, Povich. Me? I used to watch that all the time. Really? Yes. Geraldo looking for that. What was Geraldo always looking for? Uh, the mobsters. I can't believe Geraldo. He went from that to- Fox like, News. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? <laughs> well, I can't. How, does that, how does that work? Was he friends well, with Oprah, too? Figured that one out. Uh, but yeah, and then yeah, Jerry Springer went from mayor of Cincinnati to trashy talk show host. Awesome. And he said he also said that he um, shows like his and they they were part of the demise of American culture. He said he that said, yes. Well, he may be right. He admitted that poor taste. You know, it's free country. Watch what you like, and uh, those shows were very popular. I was yeah, never mom, you didn't fan. have to watch that. I was watching Oprah. You know, you know me, Buck. Oh yeah, well, yeah, you wanted to see what the Queen was all about. Speaking of favorite things, because you can let us know who your favorite one of those trashy TV shows was. I, I would probably lean. Maury Povich. No, no, no. Who was the know. you are the father, you're not the father? That's Maury Povich. Yeah, I, I was I was more into Maury that. Maury Povich was married to Connie Chung, right? So he's... I wanted to find out who was poking who. There's a good documentary on Netflix about the Jenny Jones show and a... Jenny Jones. And a murder that was committed wow. because of something like... 
them outing somebody as gay on the show, oh. and they they talk a lot about Jerry Springer and, and all those shows. It's a it's a good watch. I check that out. I forgot what it's called though. Good watch. Okay. Hey, David Pierce, Longhorn head baseball coach, will join us for a Friday visit at the bottom of the hour. He asked to move from yesterday, so we'll chat at Longhorn baseball head of the big series with TCU. What are the steps they're taking to get that that pitching staff righted, throwing strikes and pitching to contact? We'll talk to the skipper at the bottom. Also uh, today is also National Superhero Day. Buck, do you have a favorite all time superhero? Like Size the Green Hornet. Well, you can be the Green Hornet. There you go. Is that yours? That's yeah, off I love, the nose. I love the Green Hornet. What about the Green Lantern? No. I don't even know if they, if they put the Green Hornet on there. I, 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 that was one of the shows I watch. The Bruce I, Lee, I don't even Bruce know Lee. what the Green Hornet is. Oh. I got to say Batman for me. Batman? It's like I watch the only, all that too. I'm not a big, like, if you actually have superpowers, you don't really, can't watch all the Marvel stuff. No, you, you that's don't? too much for me. I no, I don't either. No. Well, the I mean, is it, it, the goat is Superman, right? I mean, su- Superman could do everything; could fly. Didn't strong. Batman beat Superman and Batman versus yeah, but Superman? Batman, Batman just couldn't. Had a, Batman really couldn't have beat. Wasn't Superman, he just no. a rich guy with all kinds of cool gadgets? Yeah, in the in the, in the heart cave? of a champion. Yeah, Superman. Superman could have looked right Captain through him America's, to see what his heart was really like. Captain America is pretty much a badass too. I was like the Flash because he ran really fast, yeah. and I couldn't, so that was cool. But we'll take your favorite superhero. Anybody that could turn into fire. It's always Ooh. good with me. Isn't that the the X-Men girl? Isn't there a, one that turns into fire? I, I need to rewatch those. Those were good movies. X-Men. One of the redheads I knew, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, um, this says, guys, not true. You can talk to Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, who's a good friend of yours, Buck. Yes. Uh, his father listens to our show. He does. Uh, he was on Jerry Springer as a teenager and says the fights were made up. And Lunchbox would know. Yes, he would. This says best superhero, Bo Jackson. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, Batman can beat Superman and has done so. Well, that's fictional. <laughs> and has done so. Like someone wrote that. Didn't actually beat him. It's like wrestling. Like in real time. It's really fictional. It is. In real time. There is no Superman. In real time, Batman, if it was actually a real thing, it's all fictional. We get that. Hello. But the guy who can fly and ultra strength and laser beam vision, he would beat Batman. In real time. Looking through Lois Lane's clothes all Hello, the time. X-ray vision. Come on, man. Yeah, it's all fictional. I need to get that. But come in. I mean, I, I know in the movie, that's how it came out. But, you know, think for yourself. What, what would happen if they really could have, have a fight? Batman wouldn't have a chance. What was I, Captain America's great strength? The shield. The shield? Okay. I think Captain America is like, I think he died and, and it was his best friend from the Avengers. I don't know. This is all secondhand information I've gotten because all my friends watch all those movies for some reason. But I, like I said, I stay away. Okay. Wonder Woman. Pretty good, too. Hey, let's get to your headlines, trending topics. It's Especially J-Pack. when it's Linda Carter. <laughs> Jam Back in the day. Linda Carter. Hey, you know. Yeah. Uh, what about, about the recent Wonder Woman? What, Gail Godot? The lovely and talented Gail Godot. Can't forget about Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Oh. Getting Halle, on that motorcycle. Halle Berry as Catwoman at one point. Wow. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Let's get the headlines. Top Gun. Equipment Rentals bringing you the news. and Yeah, huge day in football, obviously. Major story with Lamar Jackson we'll get to, but obviously last night was round one of the NFL draft. Nothing uh, surprising at the top. Carolina Panthers took the Alabama quarterback Bryce Young with the number one overall pick. Houston then made the huge splash when they bucked any pre-draft uncertainty. Took quarterback at two, C.J. Stroud, and then immediately worked a trade with Arizona to acquire the third pick and selected the Alabama edge rusher Will Anderson Jr. So they get both on uh, franchise cornerstone on offense and they believe defense. Indianapolis then grabbed Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson at four. 
And that was it for the quarterbacks on day one. Kentucky QB Will Levis had to wait. He'll have to wait until tonight to hear his name called. Four picks later, after the uh, Colts took Anthony Richardson, the Atlanta Falcons were on the clock. With the eighth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Bijan Robinson, running back, Texas. Had yeah, a youngster making that pick for the Falcons last night, not Roger Goodell. Uh, Philadelphia then followed that pick by trading up with uh, Pitts, uh, with Chicago, and they select the Georgia defensive defensive tackle Jalen Carter. They also nabbed the fellow Bulldogs defensive lineman Nolan Smith near the end of night one at pick 30. First wide receiver didn't come off the board until Seattle picked uh, Ohio State's Jackson Smith and Jigba at pick 20. That began a run of... Wide receiver draft picks. TCU's Quentin Johnson went to the San Diego, the LA Chargers at uh, 21. Zay Flowers of Boston College to Baltimore at 22. And then Jordan Addison to Minnesota at 23. At 25, the Buffalo Bills traded in front of the Dallas Cowboys. Then add the uh, draft's top tight end, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. And then at 26, the Dallas Cowboys, who may have had their eyes on Kincaid, shifted their attention to the defensive line. With the 26th pick, 26 in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle, Michigan. Yeah, Mozzie Smith, uh, Jerry Jones said they had him ranked the 13th or 14th on their overall draft board. They got him at 26. They're going to draft rounds two and three tonight in Kansas City, rounds four through seven on Saturday. Ahead uh, of the draft, major story out of Baltimore with the Ravens and quarterback Lamar Jackson put aside all the acrimony and came to an agreement on a new five-year extension. Excuse me. Deal is worth $260 million over five years, One hundred. And $85 million guaranteed. Major news from Longhorn basketball yesterday as well. Rodney Terry and the Horns scored a huge win out of the portal. The commitment of transfer guard Oral Roberts. From Oral Roberts, Max Asmus, 6'1 combo guard originally from Dallas. Lights out, shooter, four-year starter and player at Oral Roberts. Averaged over 20 points per game his last three. He was twice the Summit League Player of the Year. One game in the NBA playoffs last night. Celtics advanced to round two with a 128-120 win in Atlanta. In baseball, Garrett Cole and the Yankees took the first game of that big four-game series in Arlington with the Rangers 4-2 the final. And the Astros had the night off. Round Rock lost to Albuquerque 8-3. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a fool this month. Come to Top Gun for great deals on steel lawn equipment and Toro, Hustler, and Gravely Mowers to kick off spring. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. You know, it's easy the next day, what ifs or whatever, did they really want want this to happen? But did the Philadelphia Eagles really, did they want Carter the whole time he, if he was available? Was he going to be their guy before B. John Robinson, do you think? Uh, that looked like they meant to do that, like that was their, their plan. Well, I mean, we'll never know. But yes. at the same time, I don't think, I would say this, I don't think going into the draft the Eagles thought Jalen Carter would be there that far down, which is probably why they traded up to get him. I mean, mm-hmm. because Jalen Carter... Everybody's got their draft board. Jalen Carter was a top three or four player for everybody. everybody. Uh, and if they were able to get through the off-field stuff and, and felt like that was correctable. And, um, and that was probably maybe the best organization to get it done with. Yeah, and you know Jalen Carter there. And I remember, they were at 10, and they traded up with the Bears to 9 to get it just to make sure you know, nobody traded in front of them because uh, you know such a value like that sliding after Bijan went. But you know, we'll never know. But there, listen – Bijan to Atlanta, I think, is a great landing spot for him, as we talked about, with with all of the young talent there and a young quarterback. And the fact that they like to run the ball and a running coach and Arthur Smith, and uh, you know weapons, right? Drake, Drake London was a top ten pick last year for out of USC for them. Uh, Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, two years ago, and now Bijan. So you know that that and it's also a winnable division as far as at least or at least you can be competitive in that division immediately if you're Bijan. And uh, offensive line is decent. Uh, as for the Eagles, 
I mean, they didn't get Bijan, which all Cowboy fans are thrilled about, because uh, Cowboy fans didn't want to have that option. No. Of, I can't not root for Bijan, but I can't root for anybody in Philadelphia. Uh, now you can root for him in Atlanta. And uh, Philadelphia, you got to deal with Jalen Carter. And I, it is interesting that they've drafted so many players out of Georgia the last two years. You know, Georgia two years ago, their first of their two national championships had an historically great defense, like on par with any of the great defenses in college football history for points allowed per game, yards allowed, you know, everything that they did on their way to a national championship. And, you know, the, the Eagles now own four of those players, right? They drafted Jordan Davis last year, the massive 340-pound defensive tackle in the first round. They also uh, drafted N'Kobe Dean last year, the linebacker off of that team. And then this year, last night, they get Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. So, you know, four dudes off that Georgia defense, that's going to be something to deal with. Cowboys happy with their pick at at, uh, 26. Uh, Mozzie Smith, he is a uh, ultra-strong player. I mean, strength is his key. I mentioned that when I mentioned uh, Bruce Feldman's freak story from a year ago. Mm Mm-hmm. It says that one of the reasons that Bruce Feldman had him listed as his number one freak in college football going into last year, I like this line, does 22 reps on the bench press, but that's with 325, not 225. That's a strong dude. Yes. I mean, normally the, the bench press is done at 225 with 245-pound um, you know, plates wow. and, a, and a bar. He, does, he did 325 22 times. So ultra strong, but also ultra athletic, like really a quick twitch player. So Cowboys feel like they're getting, and Dan Quinn's getting another guy that they can use as a piece. Some nice tackles went off the board last night, too. Yeah, four offensive linemen, as expected. I mean, four, four O-linemen Good had the first Georgia round grade. Too, yep. And one thing I would say about I keep reading that the, te- so the people writing like on tweets and things, that the Texans gave up three first-round picks to get Will Anderson. That is, that, that's, you, you, the Texans swapped first-round picks at 12-3, and three, so they didn't give up the 12th pick. They actually they did, but they got the third pick, right? So that's... That's a, a net gain for Houston to go from 12 to 3. And then they gave up a first-round pick next year, their own, but they also still own Cleveland's first-round pick, so they still have one. That's one first-round pick. They gave up 33 tonight, which is a second-round pick. Uh, but so, you know, th- there's a strong argument you could make that Houston should have just stuck with C.J. Stroud, take the next best player at 12, take 33, keep building, hold on to all this draft capital because you're not – you're not one player away from being in contention in the AFC, and I would agree with that. But in the end of the day, D'Amico Ryan's coveted Will Anderson, and that was the debate all the way to draft night is what are we going to do with the second pick? I mean, the coach wants the defensive player. Uh, the franchise needs a quarterback, uh, and maybe even the owner stepped in and said, look, we got to get a quarterback here. But, you know, D'Amico's pounding the table for, for, the, for the pass rusher, and so they end up with both, and it cost them – you know, 33 tonight, and then the first-round pick next year, which is their own. Can I say with the NFL Network and, and what they do at the draft, you know, I know it for some people it may be corny, but when those kids from Make-A-Wish come up to do it, awesome. it is so cool. I mean, you, you're talking about seeing guys, seeing young men and young women happy as can be to give out that picky and trying to get the crowd going and stuff. Obviously, now the last couple of years, last three years I've seen it, I just love it. The Jets pick was great. Oh, like when the kid came out for the Jets? He was fired up. Oh, my goodness. That's some jersey right there. Yeah, that that was awesome. The, the Jets pick was really a cool moment with that kid who had battled cancer. Yep. And that was, J-E-T. That was awesome, man. So out of it. And then he took He was not nervous. No, he was. I thought he would be I thought he was going to be nervous when he first came up. I'm like, you know, he's now, you know, battled cancer. He was getting the crowd hyped up. But then I thought he would stop and get, but he didn't stop. No, he was awesome. He just went right on through. Um, but 
you know, and then they took Will McDonald uh, out of the out of Iowa State, which is pretty interesting. That was higher than I'd seen him. And uh, you look, Will McDonald was a good player for oh, Matt Campbell goodness, at Iowa yes. State, and his measurable. He, he had a great couple of months at the combine and in his workouts. I mean, he's six four, two uh, two foot two forty. Uh, they bring thinking come and be an edge player, but I think where you saw Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa go to Green Bay at thirteen, and then Will McDonald go go uh, fifteen, I think that's why the Texans were so bullish on getting Will, Will Anderson because he was far and away the best edge rusher and pass rusher in this draft. And by the the ultra, I mean the the deep dive metrics over the last four or five years, he's one of the best pass rushers to come out of college in a long time. He had better. You know, pressure rate numbers than that of the Boses and Chase Young and, and Aiden Hutchinson, who went number one last year. I mean, this guy is a menace. And so uh, D'Amico Ryans gets his guy who can help anchor and, and bring the pass rush for Houston on defense. Now, who, who, now who do you Kraft have comparisons work. to? Who? Um, Will Anderson? You know, his comp would be, for me, when I watch him, he's kind of like DeMarcus Ware. Remember when DeMarcus Ware came out for, for the Cowboys? Is he as tall? Is he tall? He's 6'4. What about okay. Vaughn Miller? Maybe Vaughn, well, yeah, he's taller than Vaughn Miller, but he plays the plays kind of that edge like Vaughn did. Uh, Vaughn but he has was, all those strengths. I mean, yeah. physically, the strength to to take on. Ta- I mean, I know he's going against the best of the best. Yeah, and you know he's playing in the SEC, so he's going up against really good competition. Sure. Over two seasons at Alabama, his ju- his sophomore year was his best year when he had seventeen and a half sacks and you know, double digit tackles for loss. And this year, as we said, as you noted, Buck, he had a. He jumped off sides quite a bit, and he was— He, he just he was, wasn't disciplined this year and he at was, times. And he was game-planned for because people weren't going to let him wreck the game, right? So he was getting all the right. double teams, and you know the, the other side linebackers at times had better games. But you know the thing I, you know about D'Amico Ryans is his connection to Nick Saban. Nick Saban loves the player, right? I mean, uh, raves about sure. he and Bryce Young as just unbelievable teammates. They bring leadership. Great captains. Yeah, the captains of the team, and— uh, never takes a playoff and that kind of stuff. So, uh, kind of a D'Amico Ryan's kind of player. And the point of being take him there, you know, the next edge rusher wasn't until Lucas Van Ness, and I think that's where the Cowboy, the the uh, Texans would have been drafting at twelve if they hadn't made the deal. And boy, I mean, will I think you feel better with with Will Anderson moving forward than than Lucas Van Ness or Will McDonald? He's just a, he's a cut above, uh, and that's what he wants to build his defense around. Uh, you know, you got that secondary with Derek Stingley from a year ago and Jalen Petrie. And and they now you need to get to the quarterback. I mean, these are foundation players now. These aren't well. Look, if you draft players. two and three and you give up the capital they did to do it, these these need to be cornerstone. Yes, players, cornerstone for the next decade in Houston. And C.J. Stroud's got to work out. He's got to become your 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 quarterback. Uh, you know, Case Keenum can be a nice backup, and you can move on from Davis Mills. But you know, C.J. Stroud's going to get every opportunity to earn that job and be the quarterback in Houston, and we'll see. You know, you, you liked him at Ohio State. I mean, I, obviously that S2 cognitive test became a, dis- a conversation at the end, but when it was all said and done, the Texans take C.J. Stroud. And which, now, is, which is a safe pick and a smart pick, I believe. And two picks later, the Colts took Anthony Richardson. So now he's in the Texans' division, and that will become a big storyline. Can Shane Steichen, the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, you know, he was in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts, and obviously... There's a parallel there. They're going to try to build an offense around Anthony Richardson, similar to what Jalen Hurts was running, you know, the run-pass option, the RPOs, and the athleticism at the position. But he's got to come a long way as a passer. Yeah, and, and, and the Lamar Jackson thing changed so much, you know, through the, throughout the night. I mean, it changed, it changed the draft. And I, I mean, I just knew that the, the Ravens couldn't not have a quarterback. I know they, they had the kid to play this year, but they couldn't. 
Lamar Jackson had to go back to the Ravens. They couldn't let that guy walk. And you just wonder. And he had to give in, too. What was he, not going to play football? If he was going anywhere else, it was going to happen yesterday. Yeah, that's right. And that's why I think it got done yesterday. I think anybody that. Because, look, you know, in Houston, they were having a really hard debate about the quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Are we going to pull the trigger? Could we, could we, you know, get in the Lamar Jackson conversation? What about Trey Lance? Those conversations were had. And in the end, you know, once Lamar Jackson was inked and locked up, you know, you go C.J. Stroud and you, you, you there's your franchise quarterback uh, moving forward, or at least potentially your and franchise he did, quarterback. And he still got paid. And I also think the uh, – well, he did. He, and he got just north of the guaranteed money that Jalen Hurts did. We said all last week, just go get what Jalen Hurts got, maybe a little more, right? You've won an MVP. Jalen Hurts has not done that. And Lamar Jackson, I know the contract says it's $260 million, but the guaranteed money is 185 Yeah, Jalen Hurts got 180 So, I mean, essentially he's right in there as the uh, you know top-paid quarterbacks. And Lamar Jackson got his. He'll be back, and the Ravens will move forward. They, they, they then drafted a receiver for him, Zay Flowers, your guy to BC, coming in in that little run of four straight receivers, uh, starting with the 20th pick. And I just have to say, before we get to the timeout and talk to David Pierce, I mean – Eagles did a, had a good night, I really think. Cowboys, I can't criticize them. I think they took the the top player on their board at a need position once Dalton Kincaid went off right ahead of them. But, man, the Seattle Seahawks, who had the best draft a year ago. You know, the Seahawks drafted six starters last year. This year they end up with the, the number one receiver and cornerback in Devon Witherspoon and then Jackson Smith and Jigba. Seattle is doing something, and they, they st- they're sticking with Geno Smith. Yeah, but now you can go get Will Levitz if you need to. They could, potentially. We'll see. Uh, because the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock right now for the first pick just after 6 o'clock tonight. And there's already reports that their phones are ringing, the people that might be interested to come up and get Will Levis, who people see as a first-round talent but is available in the second round. So uh, we'll be watching that tonight for sure. Also, we'll talk about where some of the Longhorns may uh, come off the board tonight. I think the good chance one, maybe two, come off the board in rounds uh, two or three. We'll have that conversation coming up, plus salacious gossip and your blitz. But next, we will talk with Texas head baseball coach David Pierce. It's Bucky and Aaron. All right, get back into the NFL draft conversation coming up. Bijan is an Atlanta Falcon. Somebody noted on the text line, did you notice that Bijan's family was all wearing green? Maybe expecting to be an Eagles night, but no, no. The Falcons, we had that pick right. We also walked through what the Texans did yesterday. Maybe you thought, could the Texans take the quarterback and then come back up and get Will Anderson because they coveted some, him so highly. He does leave Alabama as the second all-time leader in Alabama history in sacks behind only Derek Thomas. The great Hall of Famer, Derek Thomas. So we'll get back to the draft. Cowboys with uh, the Michigan defensive tackle. All things we're talking about. Also, Bucky's uh, 76ers now know they're playing the Celtics. Yes. In the second round of the playoffs. And we've got baseball well, on the The Celtics were serious last night now. In addition to a really fun series in Major League Baseball up in the Metroplex this weekend, Buck, your Yankees playing the Rangers down there in Arlington over at Fort Worth. About yeah, they're going to feel the pain. 15 minutes to the west. It'll be the Texas they Longhorns. They will feel the pain. They will. The Yankees got game one last night with Garrett Cole. By the way, that game lasted two hours, nine minutes. Garrett Cole was efficient cutting through the Rangers that last just, night. Was that just mowing them down, <laughs> yeah. Ty, just mowing your guys down? Well, game two of that four-game series tonight, but game one of the Longhorn series about 10 minutes to the west in Fort Worth will be tomorrow night. And let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline and talk Longhorn baseball with the skipper. He is David Pierce. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Bucky, who's going to feel the pain? Is that going to be the Yankees or the Rangers? Oh, it's the Rangers that will feel the pain. It's time. We, I'm, I'm still leaning on those 27 world championships, but it hadn't been won in 
How long are you? 14, 15 years? It's been a bit. It's been a bit, but well, that's okay. Coach and I's Astros have won two since you guys have won one. So yeah, that's all Coach, I know. You, sometimes you have, to, you have to live in the past, I guess, but you really shouldn't do that. And I know your group, your group is ready to go this week. Hard because, to live in the past. Yeah, you can't live in the past. You've got to go day to day right now. And, and how's everybody feeling? Day to day. Um, <laughs> no, first, congrats to Bijan. Oh, yeah. That's so awesome. You know, I, I got to know him and really just a great young man. He represents the University of Texas so well and just happy for him. But no, we're good. We're, you know, we, it is what it is. We know what, what has happened and had a rough day on Sunday and, you know, kind of got some attention to everybody and, you know, we got after it. And at the end of the day, we have, we have players that can play this game and, you know, it's such a mind-boggling game, and it just beats you up uh, internally if you let it, and you can't allow things to compound. And I think we've just got to get over some stuff and move on. And if we don't, we're we're gonna we're gonna be the same. So our goal is always to be one percent, try to get better, just one percent each day. And now we have to address some of the things that just has affected us. So. That's what we do. I mean, we continue to grind it out, continue to um, try to put the best combinations out there and put the best guys on the field and let them go play. they got to free up and go play. Free up, I think, is an interesting way to put it. And, uh, you know, not try, but just execute what you've trained yourself to do. Uh, obviously, on the pitcher's mound, I mean, uh, the offense has slumped a little bit, but at the same time, it was the offense that, that really got you through that series in Waco through all the, uh, the, the free passes and hit batters and things, and then uh, the 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 issues were against Oklahoma were there too, and you know Skip Johnson's team did a good job against your your offense. What's been the message? You talked as you said on Sunday, uh, you know, embarrassing and, and those kind of things, and it was going to have to be tougher. How have the players responded, and what's been the approach this week trying to get this thing back on track, knowing there's still a lot of baseball to be played? Well, I think the first message is that they need to understand they're talented and they've they've proven they can do this and that, that gives them hope and that gives us belief in them uh, that they actually have proven um, that they can get on the mound and attack hitters. So there's a mental block there. It's not physical. Uh, they've got to stay on attack um, to that. And then you just look at culture, you look at standards um, and, and obligations. And those are things that if you're not careful, those things will they'll slip away from you. Um, so culture takes a long time to build and can be destroyed overnight. And so we just want to make sure that their mindset is right and they're still working for a common goal, and they are. Um, I got after them pretty good in a meeting. After that, you know, it was a pretty hard conditioning type baseball day, and they responded so well. And that's all you can ask for them, from them is to – Understand the issues, the problems, try to get better in those areas, respond, and keep going. Because if you don't, you know, we got a really good team that we're going to play. Uh, and they've, they've actually experienced some of the same problems that we've had. Um, their offense is an older team that has had some success. Uh, they're struggling a little bit more defensively than they, they have in the past. But just attacking the zone with good stuff is kind of a common theme for – TCU. So it's going to be about who executes and who cleans up those areas. You know, Coach, I think a lot of times people people think that coaches just love those come-to-Jesus meetings. Those things are not fun for the coaches either. I mean, you know, 
you know, the, everybody thinks they're hard on the player, but coaches don't like to have those come to Jesus meetings. But you, but they are they are necessary and they're they're hard to do. I mean, it, it's not a fun thing to do that to kids. But and because certain kids, you know, you know, you have to understand. You you have to know your team, and you've been around these guys now. But some of them are new to you, and some of them are new to your staff. Your staff are new to them, but you have to. I mean, you have to give them the reality. Like you said, this is the culture here. This is what this is our standard. This is what we stand for. And if you do this back to back weeks, we don't want to see a third weekend of it. We just we can't have it. And the way you present it to them, I, I think people think coaches, oh, this is fun for them when they can really get after players. Not really. That's not fun. No, I mean it's not. It's needed. It's yes. Not fun. And and sometimes you got to be a little more animated mm-hmm. because you're trying to get that message across. Um, and, and you got to call guys out, just like I have to check and look at: Am I doing a good job of leading coaches, and and coaches doing a good job of uh, coaching their individuals and in their groups? And are we coming together with that stuff? And so, you know, none of that's fun. But at the same time when we continue to do the same thing over and over, yep. are our players listening? And are they grasping the concept of, you know, it's a simple thing as, okay, I, I'll walk a guy. That's going to happen in the course of a game, course of an outing, especially with some bigger arms. But do you then have the ability to get back in the strike zone and dial up a pitch to create a, a potential double play ball? Or do you have the ability to be one three or less to home plate so you can control the running game. Uh, we can't compound things. We walk a guy while pitching the second base, and now we're in stress pitches, kids in scoring position. So those are the things that can definitely be controlled. When we talk about controlling the controllables, I cannot control the results of where I hit the ball if I hit a line drive at someone. In uh, our little comeback on Saturday in game one, Gary Guillemette hit a rocket right at second base. It's a 4-6-3 double play. Um, Mitch Daly hits a line drive at second. Jalen didn't do a great job of, of reading that because we're in a different time of the game even. It's station to station. We're trying to go 90 feet. Those are the types of things that are called out. Those are the types of things like great at bat, but we're in a 90-foot uh, type of game right now. We're not trying to go first to third there. We need base runners. And so just exposing different things to things that we've worked on. But it, it's one thing working on it in drills and in practice. But when there's a consequence in the game, what's our pulse? How can we handle that? So those are the things that we're addressing. David Pierce is with us. Longhorns, of course, uh, swept last weekend by Oklahoma. Uh, some of the same control issues. Everybody, Luke, everybody, the guys other than Lucas Gordon, because he continues to be a rock on Friday nights, he will likely go, I'm assuming, with the uh, change in schedule, Coach. For folks who are just tuning in, uh, the series will be Saturday night, Sunday, and Monday afternoon because of threatening weather tonight in uh, Fort Worth and here in Austin. It's going to move across all the whole state of Texas, this storm that's coming through. Uh, same pitching, uh, you know, Lucas on Saturday, or how are you going to go with your starters this weekend? Yeah, Lucas will go Saturday. What do you now will make a final decision today on who's going to go on Sunday? And then Tanner Wood's going to start on Monday, but it's, it's de- definitely a rehab-type start. He's ready to go. We don't have a minor league system that – you know, you can send him down and let him get his rehab start. So uh, if all goes well, he'll pitch an inning and we'll move to the starter. Um, but, you know, we're, we're ESPNU 
Saturday evening and 3 o'clock on Sunday. All right, so Tanner will go. I'm, Bucky and I debated that about, you know, without you don't want him to come out of the bullpen and, and let him get his normal warm-up and hit the mound. And so one inning for Tanner on Monday will be the plan. That's kind of the plan. I mean, preference, preferably I would not want to start him, but for Tanner and, and what he needs, um, it's best to start him as we progress through his his rehab and as we progress to getting him deeper and deeper. All right, and you'll make a decision on Sunday afternoon's starter uh, between now and then. Lucas Gordon gets the ball tonight. Last thing, Coach, it's a bigger picture college baseball conversation because in addition to you guys getting swept, five of the top ten teams in the country got swept. It's something Ty Harrington and I and Buck have talked about. The you know In college baseball right now, it feels like there's, there's these veteran lineups with a bunch of older hitters and uh, like your pitching staffs are younger because a lot of the top guys have been stripped into the major league draft. And uh, are you seeing that, noticing that, where it's it's these veteran hitters that aren't going to give you much? They're not going to swing at those breakers. Uh, they're not going to get themselves out versus some younger pitchers who are trying to to learn how to to get guys out uh, if they don't swing at their their off speed stuff. Definitely. I, I mean, it, to me, it's getting more and more like not professional baseball, but closer to the big leagues where. If the Yankees slide into to Arlington this weekend and don't play well, they're going to get beat. Yeah. And in the course of the season, you have lulls throughout a season, and you're starting to see that more in college baseball because there's so many good players. And so you can actually see when a team is playing well and is hot or they get hot in that weekend and then momentum takes over and momentum's contagious and then the other team is kind of – kind of figuring it out yeah but the 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 parody is just eating you up um and then there are there's some physical lineups uh different type of matchups that create create uh problems you take our team versus OU in this past weekend we're not we're not attacking the zone the way we need to and they do a really good job of not chasing out of the zone and then they have a speed lineup so you have a team that puts pressure on you in the running game. So when you come, you, you can destroy that type of offense if you attack the zone. But if you don't attack the zone, that type of offense will eat you up. And you know, I, I, they had three extra base hits in three games. So when you look at the big picture of how that happened, it's just on us. And so we got to do a better job of understanding that and attacking the strike zone. TCU for three this weekend. Both teams uh, were swept last weekend trying to get up off the deck. It's a, it's a, it's a go-fight-for-it weekend. Looking forward to hearing it and seeing it uh, on ESPNU, as Coach mentioned, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, Monday afternoon with the return of Tanner Witt uh, for at least one, in, one inning in that game. Coach, thanks so much. Best of luck. We'll talk next week. Safe travels. Good luck, Coach Hookham. Well, I appreciate you guys. Hookham. All right, there you go. A little bit of breaking no, news. No, I was one of those coaches that I had to reach a crescendo when I had those come-to-Jesus meetings. I had coaches, and Ty, you've had coaches that immediately went right to from just cold to dead hot. And and I used to I, I enjoyed those guys, those kind of guys as I was a player. But as a coach, I was around a guy named Jack Bignell at, at Boston College, and he started to reach that crescendo. You knew it was coming. Like My players knew it was coming, but it was like one of those slow boils and they hate it. They were, they, I would start talking, then my voice would start changing. Then they would shut their playbooks because they knew that I was going to start spitting on them. Stuff was going to start coming out of my <laughs> mouth. But I, had, I also had coaches that when they got after me, it just went from cold right straight to hot. And I, I love that because I wanted to get it over with. I was the worst. I was the 
you know, the crescendo gag. And they're like, come on, man, get this over with. We know it's coming. We know you're going to kick something. You drag it out. You're going to throw something. You're going to drag this out. Then you're going to spit all over the first guy in the front row because all this stuff's going to fly out of your mouth as you're cussing them out and tell them how you're going to send them back home to their mama in a box and stuff. <laughs> you can't say that. I mean, uh, oh, oh no, you can't say that now, but back then. You could. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, let's get to the blitz. Load it up, 447-3776. Want to hear you on a Friday. What say you, NFL Draft, Bijan to Atlanta. Uh, all the picks, all the conversation coming on the blitz. Where you get that from? Did someone want to tell you that? Did someone want to tell you that? Because I ain't for no games, okay? No games, just the gossip. Brought to you by the icy cold Frosty Bud Light Skis. I think when we had the uh, Bud Light special outside of Pluckers, when it was on the board and they get the 34-ounce mug. Mug, mug, big mug. I think we missed it every time. <laughs> Damn it. You didn't help I, the I, people? I think the, 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 there was like a few of them on our board, and we got we got Dang it. all of them. For some, and Dang we got up. fireball shots. Ooh, fireball! I think we did, too. We got fireball, got those nachos, got some of that uh, fried macaroni and cheese oh. up in there. Come on now. Big, hey, now. Big breakfast Friday. Big, might be for me too today. Yeah. Big Breakfast Friday. Hey, so uh, how about this? You know, you're a big fan of Motown and I am. Smokey Robinson, Diana Ross, and all them. Absolutely. How about the Smokey Man, Smokey Robinson, in an interview with uh, People Magazine, admitted and confirmed that he had a year-long affair with Diana Ross. Well, she was. You know, she used to answer phones there. Yes. She was. Yeah, she answered the phones at. Hitsville, USA. Hitsville, USA. And Smokey was giving up all of his great songs to everybody else. Smokey the was temptations. a giver. Yeah, he was a giver. Yeah, he was a giver. Well, it turns That's, out that at the time when she was answering phones and beginning her historic career, Diana Ross, Smokey was married to his first wife, Claudette. Oh, yeah. And, Is this uh, one of those, you are not the father? She, they did not have a child. She uh. said, uh, Smokey told People Magazine she was young and was trying to get her career together. I was trying to help her. Of course you were. I brought her to Motown. I brought her to Motown, in fact. To answer the phones. I wasn't going after her, and she wasn't going after me. It just happened. Hey, now. All these years later. Things just happened. All these years later. Hey, did you ever see the movie uh, Dodgeball with Vince Vaughn, Ty? Yeah, a great movie. Sequel in the works. Really? With Vince Vaughn, yes. Growing up, uh, last day of school every summer in Westlake here. There was a dodgeball tournament that was held at either one of the middle schools. and You participated? Oh, I'll have to show you a picture of them. Vince Vaughn, Matthew you know, McConaughey's brother. You know, no, that's like, Woody Harrelson. Okay. We, we got full jerseys of the Skills That Kills team <laughs> that's in the movie. It's it's a great look. I'll, I'll post it on we Twitter. We did way back in the day. Remember when we did that big dodgeball tournament at Carlos and Charlie's with all the oh, audience? Yeah. It was unbelievable. What a great day that was. So competitive. On the sand courts there, we put up fences and... Boy, I think when I think of that day, I remember that the news broke that afternoon that Ricky Williams retired from football. Oh, jeez! I remember thinking, "What?" Right in the middle of this dodgeball tournament, and I'm like, "Grandfather Ricky?" Yeah, well, because we were—it was a Sunday afternoon. We were doing the dodgeball tournament. So I was thinking, "Oh man, I got to go figure that. We got to talk about this all day tomorrow. What am I going to do?" Ricky Williams retired. Oh, jeez! I love that. The best songs to sing along in the car. E. Where's that? Where do you see that? On the right hand side down there, the showbiz news. Oh, best songs to sing along to in the huh. car. Queen, don't stop me now. Don't stop me. That's no. A good one. Abba, Dancing Queen. That's a good. That, one. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. Mm. Neil Diamond, Sweet. Carrots that's become sure. a little bit cliche. Bat out of hell for sure. Maybe the best for me. Meatloaf, Bat out of hell. I don't think I sing that. 
Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember. Fleetwood Mac, Go Your Own Way, Killers, Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside, that's an unbelievable... I told you I went to that wedding last weekend. Yep. And the band played that, Mr. Brightside, the cover. And every uh, young person there was up there jumping up and down, singing every word of that song. Really? Now, the last two there are two of them that are my least favorites. Kings of of Leon, Sex on Fire. That's a a sing-along song. Pharrell Williams, Happy. No. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run. No, those two. No, I'll pass on those two. That was in a survey of people. Yes, I like that. Kings of Leon, Sex on Fire, was a that was a chart topper for quite a good while right there, wasn't it? Absolutely. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, let's go to your blitz. People are ready to go on a Friday morning. The Bucky and E Blitz. The Morning Blitz, brought to you by Apple Leasing, where you only have to pay for the new half of the car or truck. The half under factory warranty in any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and see how easy it is. All right, here we go. First blitzer, talk to us. Hey, so last night there was, what, five Big 12 players drafted? Yes. Wasn't it like a year or two ago that it, we had to wait till like, pick 40 or 50 to see the first Big 12 player off the board? Yeah, that's right. Well, it was a good night for the Big 12. Texas Tech, yes, Tyree Wilson, Bijan Robinson, Will McDonald, Quentin Johnston. Uh, yeah, they had a good night. Felix, Felix and Uduke Uzoma was the last pick of the first be, round by the Chiefs. Be tons today. Next blitzer, you're up. That Bijan Musser to go good on that Atlanta barbecue. Let's go, Bijan. Here you know we the, go. You know where he needs, he needs to, and this isn't Bijan's like this kind of guy, but he needs to get some of that Bijan mustard up into the uh, what is it, the lemon pepper wings at the uh, the club in Atlanta, the Magic Le- City, Magic City, Magic City. Get some of those Bijan mustards and wings up in there. We won't see they'll, him they'll, there. Be, there's a part- partnership in the works. I'm yeah, sure. Bijan won't be there. He though, won't be he there. Can sell his wings. Next blitzer, you're up, Coach. Yes, sir. Two things for you. I'm hoping the Cowboys get uh, Rojo since they couldn't get Bijan. Second thing, can you go ahead and put me in contact with Bijan's agent? I already got some marketing set up for him. You know, we had the icky shuffle in the 90s. I'm saying we're going to go with the Bijan boogie, baby. <laughs> there you go. Started out early. Next, Blitzer, you're up. So the cleanest player went to the Dirty Birds. He was clean last night. I did like his outfit. He looked great in the he black. He certainly did. Next blitzer, talk to us. No first round weapon for Doink Prescott. I'll call it right now. Cowboys one and done again. Oh, Ooh, well, they can wow. get weapons. Got still. I was so surprised to see two running backs going to top fifteen. So he was. Next blitzer, you're up. It's the Dirty Bird coming back. Yes, indeed. Oh! By the way, he, last night, Jameer Gibbs was, was really, really surprised that he went that soon. I mean, I never saw a kid so surprised. Like, I'm really surprised. That well, there's no, doubt, there's no doubt Detroit took the, the two most off-the-nose first-round picks. I mean, that no one expected Jameer Gibbs that early. And remember, they traded back and then still took him. And then they took Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa State. Another, yeah. uh, from Iowa, I should say. Jack Campbell, He'll tackling be a machine. Yeah, they're looking for starters. I mean, they're looking for dudes they know they can come in and play. Uh, they're looking to win that division this year, Dan Campbell and company. they got to beat the Vikings, who took Jordan Addison. All right, we'll come back. We're going to uh, continue to talk draft. Also, Nate Boyer will jump on. Lifetime Longhorn. A veteran. He's got a big event this weekend. He was also.